All right, this will be uh, segment one uh, here at, uh, was it Walla Walla Celebrate Cab? Um, pleasure speaking with Thomas Burke, Master Sommier. Uh, segment one, take one. <clears throat> Hey, this is Christopher Chan, your host of Happy Hour Radio, and I am here in Walla Walla at the beautiful Marcus Whitman Hotel. And uh, part of our In the Vineyard series, I'm here for uh, Celebrate Walla Walla, the world of Cabernet Sauvignon, and I have the pleasure of speaking with, well, a gentleman I admire very much. Uh, he's helped me become an advanced sommelier through the years, and now he is here in kind of my neck of the woods. Thomas Burke, master sommelier. He is also um, part of the Chateau Margaux. Well, portfolio, he's going to tell us all about that, but uh, Thomas Burke, Master Sommier, welcome to Happy Hour. Chris, how are you? I'm great. This is fun, and uh, we find ourselves in this little empty ballroom um, with an opportunity to chat before we step into a, a grand tasting of Cabernet Sauvignon, part of the uh, the fourth annual Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine. Um, well, before we get into that, let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you got into wine. Where are you from, and uh, what was your first drink? What was my first drink? Holy cow. Uh, we'll skip that one for now. I was in, uh, I'm from New York, uh, and I came through the hospitality industry. Started off as a server, I think like a lot of sommeliers in the industry, and, and saw that people who knew a little bit about wine were doing better in the restaurant. So it piqued my interest, and quite honestly, it was more... It was more academic, I think, at that point. Like, I hadn't really had that one wine that we all have that really changes changes our life or it allows us to kind of refocus and say, yeah, this is what I want to pursue. So um, I started to study, and I realized, like many sommeliers do, that this is something I can pursue for the rest of my life and actually make a career out of it. And that's that's essentially how I started and what's the timeline here? What decade are we in? What decade are we in? We're in the uh, the nineties. Yeah, in the nineties. So I've been in the business about a little over twenty years. Twenty years. It was a little while before I got my master's sommelier diploma. That was in 07. I started on the program in 01, so six year six year journey. You mean from certified to or was that more of an advanced or what? That was from intro. Intro to master, six years. Yeah. Did it seem like a long time? Because in hindsight, that almost seems like a fast track from <laughs> what's happening these days. Well, you have to remember a couple of things. One, they didn't have the certified when I was going through it. That came afterwards. And I was fortunate enough to pass the advanced exam on my first go-around. So it took me three, three goes to make the master diploma, but uh, that first part of the journey was pretty quick. Interesting. So when you talk about the um, culinary and hospitality industry in New York, was there a famous restaurant? Or I mean, there's such much, so much great food in New York, but uh, obviously we talk about the iconic restaurants. Did you have uh, an employment, a stint at some of those? Uh, I, I would say yes and no. I worked with, in New York, it was actually a, a upstate, north of the city, a restaurant called the Friends Lake Inn. It was a hotel and restaurant, and they had a grand award. And that was really the first time I had managed a program. So I walked into a grand award-winning wine list with not a lot of experience under my belt, and that that is really what flipped the switch for me because the opportunity to taste so many different wines from all different parts of the world 
and that's the education that you're really looking for as a sommelier. So that was significant, but I did a lot of stints. I was in Utah for a little while. I was in California for a little while. I worked with another Grand Award list there, and I think you probably know well that Sommeliers, as they develop in their career, they like to work with different chefs, different wine lists, and that's how you, you develop your skill. And, and, and I, I, I did that, essentially. Very cool. And my understanding of New York, obviously, when I think about some of the cool cats that come out there, the, the Cronins and the, the Harringtons, and it seems as if the academic part of the uh, approach to becoming the Master Sommelier track was a little more ready. When I started in 2006, it seemed to be more of gaining more experience and not necessarily jumping into a book, but was there a different, uh, a different mentorship when you were in New York? There, there, the, the Master Sommelier program at that time had no impact in New York. It was not, it was n- not as present then as it is now in New York City. And there's a number of things that, that are, uh, are affected by that. I think, I think the movie had an impact. I think the TV show has an impact where people realize, sommeliers in New York realize, oh, I really want to do this Master Sommelier thing. But um, there are many sommeliers during that time who had no interest in the program and were running incredible programs. Um, Tim Kopeck is a great example of that. Like, this guy was uh, running the best program in New York, and he had no involvement in the court at all. He was just really good at what he did. I think that's what's interesting about the sommelier uh, profession is that I think there's a, it's more of a, a guild, a trade, where you can develop experience in a lot of different ways. It, it's just that the court has gotten so much recognition that people feel that that's a, a really direct path to that kind of experience. Uh, I agree. Being in Seattle, we have, uh, I believe we have the most advanced sommeliers than any city in the country, if not the world. We've got like 36 green pins, wow. and, uh, which is a blessing and a curse because you know, the, the, na- the knock on Seattle is that we can't get past the... <laughs> Uh, well, I'm speaking with Thomas Burke, Master Sommelier. Um, you had a stint in Las Vegas, and uh, what was your position there? I, re- I recall you were working with a distributor. I, when I first came to town, in fact, I had met uh, Master Sommelier that you may know, a gentleman by the name of Larry O'Brien, and I was I was working on my diploma at that point, and it was I was struggling, and he offered his assistance, and I was bold, and I called him on the phone and I said, I want to come to Las Vegas, I want a job, and I want to work with you. And it was just serendipity. He actually had a job for me. And so I went to Las Vegas initially just to be a floor sommelier. All I wanted to do was work on the floor, study, and prepare for my exam. And it was a great opportunity for me. Nine months later, after I arrived in Las Vegas, I passed my master exam. Nine months later? Holy smoke. So that is the, uh, the holy <laughs> land of uh, opportunity, it seems. Well, at the time, it was a, it, there were a lot of master sommeliers in Las Vegas, more than we have there currently. And there was a very dedicated group of sommeliers who were studying for the diploma exam. So I just came at that right time. It, it, a lo- really, all the stars aligned because I had so much going for me after I had moved there. And then once I passed my exam, then I went on the distribution side for eight years. And started, started out education director, but I think once you get into distribution, you realize that the great opportunities and really 
to expand your experience, you have to be in sales to some degree. So in the end there, I was working on portfolio management and, and sales. And that's really where my education for distribution came from. So you've worked on the floor. Um, you've worked in the sales side and the distribution side and education, of course. What about winemaking? Have you dipped your toe in the proverbial fer- fermentation vat? So it was one of the first things I did, in fact, before any of my... I had that re- a little bit of retail experience in there as well, but... Um, I worked for a winery in Dry Creek Valley in Sonoma called Preston Vineyards uh, for a year. And at that time, Preston was about 60,000 cases, but still, in the grand scheme of things, really small. So from the time I arrived to the time I left, I was able to experience everything from you know, the, the coming in on the crush pad to bottling. And that's, that's really where my understanding of winemaking started. You have some of those bottles still in your cellar? do, in fact. And uh, there was a gentleman that was the winemaker at the time. Uh, Greg Hamill was his name, and I just cracked one of his mid-90s Syrahs. He was very into Syrah. And it was, I impressed my friends. It was pretty, pretty good bottle of wine. Well, um, now I understand uh, you're here in Walla Walla for uh, Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine and uh, the world of Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, you're here in what capacity? So I represent the uh, First Growth Chateau Margot for the U.S. Uh, they're uh, on their token American, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and parlez-vous français? <laughs> oui, I'm learning it. Uh, it's it's rough, but uh, they've been really great with me, and and uh, so my language is coming along. Yeah, that's quite an amazing title, uh, U.S. Ambassador for Chateau Margot. Um, is United States, uh, one of the largest markets for Bordeaux for Chateau Saint Michel, Chateau Margot. It is. It, it has been historically. I think Asia certainly is an important uh, player in in the grand scheme of things. But as a long term market, I think the chateaus, the negociants, all recognize that the U.S. is a really important piece to their business. So. That's great. And uh, how long have you had this position, and, and what was this interview process like? <laughs> That's a question that a lot of people ask me about. I've been there for a little over a year now, and it was, I would say, about a three-month-plus process. One of the things that I absolutely respect about Chateau Margot, and it's in everything that they do, they're very thoughtful. They, they're, they're very reflective about the decisions they make. So uh, there were a number of interviews, uh, one in San Francisco, one initially uh, through Skype. But after a few interviews, they eventually brought me over to Paris for my final interview. But it was a long, it was a long process. So. Interesting when you say Skype. So were you at this table with your tie on and... <laughs> Did you have shorts on below? Shorts on underneath, and I, in fact, the, the the person who I report to, the commercial director, a gentleman by the name of uh, Aurelien Valence, he was very casual, and it was the first time I had ever interacted with him, and I was very buttoned up, suit and tie, and I felt very out of place because I was expecting him to be much more formal and serious, and, and they're quite, uh, I think they're, I'm not going to call them laid back, but they're very, they're very comfortable, I think. Comfortable is a good word. And uh, is this your first time to Walla Walla? No, I've been a couple times before. One time with the distributor and visited some of the 
uh, properties that we represent, but this has been a whole different experience for me. Everybody's been incredibly welcoming. welcoming. I mean, genuinely just very open, willing to show me things, and I've been very curious and really so surprised in, a, in, a, in the best possible way about the quality of the wines, the potential for aging, and the character of the wines. Well, that's exciting to have, uh, some, obviously, a Master Sommelier in town um, here in Washington, and we're lucky enough to have, I think, six now with Shane, Greg, Joseph, Chris, Thomas, and uh, Tavanero. Yeah. yeah, he's over down here in the, in the Tri-Cities area. Uh, what was the uh, training process like or the education curve for you with Chateau Margaux? It was, that's a great question, and it, it, I'm continuing to learn, and I'm, I, I'm never going to say that I have my head completely wrapped around this job, but there were some challenges, not only because it's cultural, there's a cultural uh, divide in a way, me being an American and working for a French company, but also the fact that my, my boss is in France and I'm here working in the United States, and a lot of the way the negociant system works and a lot of how the chateau deal with negociants, distributors, importers, etc., I had to kind of sort out on my own in the U.S. market. It's not to say that they don't, they didn't know anything about the market. They did, but they relied upon me, I think, to sort some of these things out. And, and there's complexity there. It's not, we think the three-tier distribution system in the U.S. is complex, but add another layer, add the negociant into the equation, and it, it takes some time to sort it all out. Very interesting, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Thomas Burke, a Master Sommelier and the U.S. Brand Ambassador for Chateau Margaux. We're here in Walla Walla for Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, uh, the world of Cabernet Sauvignon. When we come back from this break, I'm going to continue some great conversation with uh, Thomas Burke, Master Sommelier, right here on Happy Hour Radio.